If you have your Bibles, if you open up to 1 Peter, we're going to be in 1 Peter today. We're doing a series called Alien Life. The idea that you are an alien, Christians are an alien in this world. We just don't fit in, encountering obvious differences between Christians and the rest of the world. And I got to tell you, when I heard the series proposed, I was like, man, that's the one for me because I know everything about aliens you could possibly know because I grew up watching a lot of sci-fi. So there you go, right? And in watching a lot of sci-fi, I learned some truths about aliens. Truth number one is this, aliens don't belong. I mean, it's common sense, right? Aliens don't belong. So whenever you see a scene or a picture with an alien in it, you usually can spot the alien because they don't belong. Now, there are some exceptions to the rules. For instance, an alien may look like us, but the way you know the alien doesn't fit is they don't belong. And having said that, you have a, maybe you have a Star Trek scene, for example, example, where you have Kirk and Spock and McCoy in a red shirt, and they're all on this planet together. And while one of them maybe has pointy ears, they're all actually aliens, because on this planet, they don't belong. So truth number one, as we think about alien stories, is aliens don't belong. Truth number two is this, they do belong somewhere, right? They belong somewhere. That's why E.T. is he's on earth, even though Reese's pieces are really good, he wants to go home. And Mork wants to be on Orc, and... At the end of their exploration on the planet, Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, when they're ready to come back, they, are, they go back to the Enterprise. Why? Because there's a place to go back to. Because aliens know that they belong somewhere. I, I think that's the point of 1 Peter. I think the point of 1 Peter As he begins his text, he says this in chapter 1, you don't belong to this world. You're not of this world. You're holy. You're set apart. You're different. You don't belong to this world. God's aliens are not of this world. And I think that's pretty challenging for us because this is our home, right? I mean, I was born on this third rock from the sun Here I am, and this is my home. But then one day I decided to become a Christian. I gave my life to him. I died with him in those waters. And when I came out, I was a different person. And over the course of time, God has been transforming my life inwardly. And all of a sudden, I just don't really fit in here. Have you you found this to be true? Where... This place that you used to call home, you don't really fit into anymore. It's kind of, you hear it and, you know, it's funny to me because we we talk about wanting to make this world a better place, but in all reality, we are aliens in this world. We just don't fit in. And it's really hard when there's no home to go back to. And I, I think that's maybe what Peter is dealing with with these Christians who are being persecuted, he's saying, you don't belong. But in chapter 2, he's going to say this, but you do belong somewhere. 
There is a place where you belong to. So let's look at that. In 1 Peter chapter 2, if you'll turn there with me. 1 Peter chapter 2, we're going to look in the text. Starting in verse 4, here's what he says. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. The first thing he says about belonging is, he says, you do belong somewhere. You belong to him. You belong to him. Who is he? He is that living stone. What's he talking about? This living stone. He's going to go on to to kind of describe this living stone. He's saying, look, while often alienated on earth, we still have a rock that we can call home. You still have a rock that you can call home. And that rock, according to the passage, is Jesus. Jesus is that rock, that place where you belong, that place that you belong to. Our rock is Jesus a place of belonging in this hostile world. Now he's going to begin to describe Jesus and tell us more about this living stone, this rock that we can land on. And he's going to say this, this living stone was rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. He describes in three ways. He was rejected, chosen, and precious. And we know this to be true about Jesus, our rock of ages, that eternal rock that Jesus was rejected, even though he had been chosen by God and precious in this world. Now, Peter's going to use some arguments to show this, and he's going to do it by going back to Old Testament scripture. He's going to do it by looking in Isaiah, looking in the Psalms. And he's going to show some stories of the Israelites as the Israelites, they were aliens in this world and needed a rock. And ultimately, that rock would be the Messiah. In the context of those stories, at the time, that rock was their God. Let's look at some of these passages. So this is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 6. If we continue on, it says this, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. And then in verse 7, he goes on from another passage from the Old Testament. He says this, But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. He basically says, look, there's, there's two things that this God has done for you. He has become a cornerstone, but also a stone that you, tramp, uh, that you could fall over. And he does that by showing passages from the Old Testament. Now, in the Old Testament, we're immediately drawn back to the Israelites. And we remember the Israelites. The Israelites were, were called out of Egypt as aliens. And they walked around the, the, this foreign land, seeking to find a place of their own. They were aliens in this world. They were to be holy. They were to be set apart. They were to be uniquely for God. But guess what happened? They instead chose worldliness. They chose worldliness. They chose to reject God. Now, God had wanted to position himself as a rock in their life, as a place of refuge, a place that they could come to and find that 
place of belonging. But so many times they rejected their God and as a result they fell. He became a stumbling block to them. They, they stumbled over him. They found their own doom and peril because they rejected God. And the passage is saying in 1 Peter chapter 2, have you forgotten your rock? The way the Israelites had forgotten their rock, have you forgotten your rock? The individuals that are being written to in this passage of scripture, they're just years away from having seen Jesus this precious cornerstone brought into their lives and then rejected. And, and, and Peter is saying, look, don't reject your rock again. Don't reject your rock. Well, we go back to 1 Peter chapter 2, then verse 4. He says, Here, here's the deal. You come to him. You come to Jesus. He is that living stone, rejected but also chosen and precious. And I can't help but think as he's saying this, you know, that story of, of one who came into this world rejected kind of reminds me a little bit of you as aliens and foreigners in this world. And so Peter's going to make that correlation. Look in verse 5. As you yourselves, as you yourselves like living stones are being built up into this spiritual house. You know, Jesus didn't belong. He didn't belong. And here's the thing, neither do you. He didn't belong in this world, and neither do you. Look in verse 5. You yourselves, just like him, are living stones. In the same way that Jesus didn't fit in, Jesus didn't connect, so you find yourself in this world alone, a foreigner not connecting. You are living stones, verse 5. And then he goes on and he says, but those living stones are part of something even bigger. They are being built up as a spiritual house. Now, as we look at this text, this passage of scripture, we see Jesus here and Jesus is this rock. The rock is here. He's Jesus. But he's saying, it's not just me who is a rock, but you are being built on me. As little rocks connected to me, you go here on top of me, you line yourself and you square yourself up against me. And we know this to be true. As Christians, we look at Jesus. He is not just our foundation. He is not just a place of belonging, but he's a place for us to line up next to. He's a moral standard. He's the standard of God, and we find ourselves lined up there right next to Jesus, a place of belonging, a place of stability. The pastor says, look, you yourselves are like living stones. And then he says this, you are being built up into this house. The imagery here that's being used is saying that Jesus was this stone that had been rejected. Imagine somebody maybe working in the temple you're in the quarry and they're preparing to build the temple and they find this rock and this rock is like, ah, this, you know, it's just not right. And so they toss it out and somebody else comes and recovers it and brings it in and says, this is the perfect cornerstone for the temple. It's the perfect stone 
to build this temple. And they, so they put the stone down and then they begin to build around it and build these stones upon it to build this beautiful monument, this beautiful temple. And here's Peter and he says, that's what you are. You are stones that stack on top of this building. You are bricks in the wall of God. Bricks in the temple of God. Bricks in his house. What beautiful imagery. He's saying, listen, every individual alien is an important part of this alien community. You are an important part of this kingdom, this place of souls, this place where God's people connect. You know what he's really saying? And he says it through scripture. God is calling this collection of aliens the church. He's talking about the church. Because it's easy when I'm reading through this to, to hear, you know, he's, he's this rock and I'm going to build on this rock and I want to connect to this rock. But he's not just saying that. He's saying you are part of something bigger than yourself. You are part of the church. So as I'm reading through 1 Peter chapter 2 and I get to verse 5, he says, look, you are part of God's house. Part of this building, part of this temple that's being built up around Christ Jesus. Now he's going to take it a step further. He's going to kind of change the illustration a little bit. And since he's talking now about this, this building, this temple with Christ as the cornerstone, then he's going to say, oh, and you're not just the part of the temple. You're not just part of the building. In fact, you're actually part of the priesthood. So I'll take it even a step further. Now, I don't want us to get caught up, super caught up on that right this moment. What I want you to hear is this, that you are there on behalf of God, there to connect to God. That's what priests do. And that's what you do as part of this, part of this house of God. You are there to connect to God. And he's going to show us exactly how we're to connect to God, the kind of sacrifices we are to offer to God. If you look forward in verse 9, here's what he says. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. He says, you have a purpose in this house, and your purpose is to glorify God. Here Jesus is, and Jesus is this rock rejected, but we build on him, and as we corner ourselves up to him and line up to him perfectly, we find ourselves glorifying God. When we use him as this building block that we build upon, God is glorified. We do it that he might receive the glory. I got to tell you, when I think about that, what occurs to me is there's really no greater belonging than being a stone in the house of God. Isn't that true? There's no greater purpose in life than being a stone in the house of God. And when I think about that, I think about who I am, what a wonderful place of belonging. 
that I'm a stone in God's house. Because i got to tell you, I have spent many years seeking belonging. Many years. I mean, I've gone to different things, done different things to try to fit in and try to belong. And here's God saying, you do belong. You're part of my building. You're part of this temple. You're part of this place, this house that we call church. It's a really interesting passage of Scripture. But it does get me wondering. And as I think about it, it occurs to me that sometimes the wall of God kind of looks like this. Sometimes there's this wall of God, this, this house, and there's a hole missing. And the hole is where I used to be. Either because I just quit connecting to the church, like physically, or I just emotionally check out, or I spiritually check out. And, and I want you to know that sometimes this this edifice, this building, this house that is God's contains gaps because there's people that step out. And I don't understand that. And here's why I don't understand. I understand like, I understand like why it happens, but when I really put myself into the scriptures and into this passage, I realize that God has called me to something so much greater than me and then I'm valued here and I want you to know you're valued here you're valued in his community because you belong here with him and you belong with God this is where you belong it's a place of belonging the church is a place where Christians belong and I got to tell you, whenever I have stepped away from this place, when I have stepped away from Christian community, when I have stepped away from church, I have found myself to, to, to have this emptiness inside. Maybe I don't line up with, with God the way that I need to, and I find that my life is not better. And so God is calling, he's saying, listen. I want you to line up with me. I want you to build on me. And when you do, you will find that place of belonging, that place of foundation, that place of rest, and all the benefits that come with being connected to Jesus. I don't know if you feel connected to Jesus. I don't know if you feel connected to God, but I want you to know this. He deeply desires that for you. And he desires you to be connected to his people. And so today I want to challenge you to make that connection again if you haven't. If you have never accepted Christ Jesus and you haven't become part of the family, it's time to become part of the family. I love seeing Martine get baptized and I was sitting at the back and when he walked out, I watched everybody gather around him. We were trying to sing songs but people were gathering around him. That's because he's part of the family now. He's part of the house of God. What a blessing. You belong in the house of God. 
Maybe you have accepted the salvation of Jesus. You've been baptized with him. You've been washed. You've had your sins washed away with him. And maybe it's time to reconnect. Maybe it's time to put that brick back in that wall and to reconnect to your God. Maybe it's time to come forward in our hearts and realize that this is a place where we can belong. If you need anything from this body, we're here to serve you today. Won't you come now as we stand and as we sing together?